Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to DSC's Campfires with Larry Wysoon. The unique blend of hunting, conservation, and the outdoor lifestyle. Delivered in an entertaining, informative fashion that only a veteran outdoorsman can do. DSC Campfires is brought to you by... DSC, Conservation, Education, and Hunter Advocacy. Hornady, Accurate, Deadly, Dependable. Trigicon, Brilliant Aiming Solutions. Ruger, Rugged, Reliable Firearms. Burnham Brothers Game Calls, Callingest Calls Made. Double Nickel Taxidermy, Where Hunting Memories Are Preserved. Taurus, Maker of the Raging Hunter and Other Fine Handguns. Now here's your host, Larry Wysoon. Welcome to another episode of DSC's Campfires. And David Fox, thank you so much once again for that great opening and and appreciate everything you do to make this podcast possible. Got a great opportunity this afternoon. We're not that far from the downtown Dallas, but if you couldn't hear the planes going overhead and maybe the... uh, somebody running a chainsaw next door here you would think that you're out in the middle of nowhere because essentially that's kind of where we are right now in the middle of nowhere but close to town here with luke clayton at luke's cabin in his backyard which is uh absolutely a gorgeous place if you like the outdoors this is where luke spends a little bit of his time writing and i suspect just a little bit of time cooking well i know he does spend some time cooking because we just finished an absolutely fantastic meal of, of pork chops and, and a little bit of chicken and, and sweet potatoes that were, I have to admit, that's probably the best sweet potato I've, that I can recall. Look, it's good to have you back with me. You and I do so many things together, but, uh, you know, every once in a while we get to sit around and talk around this campfire as well, too. We do, Larry. It's an absolute honor. You know that. To get to spend time with you, we have a, I don't care whether we've we're catching perch out of a pond somewhere, shooting a hog with our buddy Jeff, or, or hunting deer on a story assignment somewhere, whatever. 
uh, and we always have a good time, don't we? We do, and I tell you what, it's kind of a kickback afternoon for me because we've just completed uh, not very long ago the DSC convention, and oh my gosh, what a convention it was. I think we broke records and everything that there was a category for when you get right down to it. But to me, one of the great things about it was not just the money raised, but the smiling faces that we saw. And I think there's something over 30,000 people that came through the door, and I did not see a frown on a single face. They were all smiling, and, uh, you know, everybody's kind of looking forward to the to uh, the coming year. And, and, and I just remind you, too, if you missed this year's huge DSC convention and hunting expo or whether i refer to it rather as the dsc family reunion you know you can already start making plans there'll be some plans up and telling you when the dates are of course it's going to be at the k bailey hutchison center there in dallas downtown dallas again in 2023 and look you and 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 our good buddies you mentioned jeff rice the three of us do a sportsman's life you two guys got to come in for a while as well too you bet yeah you know i was trying to remember back i of course, last year, because of the, the pandemic, we, we weren't able to have That's a convention, right. you know. But prior to that, I don't remember from way back missing uh, the convention coming down in the winter. It's just, yeah, I meet a lot of friends and, you know, a lot of a lot of old friends and, and make some new ones down there, of course, every year. And, and get to get a chance to visit with some of the, the people that sponsor what I do, you know, and it's just a, it's a really fun thing. And I, I thought when I was wandering through there, you know, comparing it back to um, to years back, I thought, you know, this this seems like it's bigger than ever. And and come to find out, Larry, it, it really was, was it? it? It really was. We had an unbelievable number of exhibits and we were so fortunate that they opened up some of the, the borders right before it happened. And, and uh, we got people that came in that we were kind of concerned about, particularly from South Africa and, and a few other places. And unfortunately, some of the people couldn't get there. But I'll tell you what, overall, it was just such an absolutely fantastic event. I visited with Corey Mason right afterwards and Corey said, I don't think anybody could knock this smile off my face or do anything to make me frown right now with as happy as we are is how this event went and so you know like I mentioned we're looking forward to it toward next year and, and uh we had an opportunity to visit a little bit too with, with with as you mentioned some of the people that sponsored the show the Hornady guys are always there and and uh, I know we've been trying to get you some 357 Magnum <laughs> for that Taurus raging hunter that you have and and i talked with neil davies and neil said he said well by the time you get back home there should be some ammunition headed your way they were back on the cycle of, of that one so you know i'm excited about that and and uh i know we got some hog hunts coming up here pretty quick and you've been shooting that taurus a little bit and so uh i think and, and matter of fact as i recall you took a hog with it I did. for the uh for our sportsman's life i did i used, actually used uh the, that was when that there was a sure enough crunch on ammo, you know that. But I had some thirty, you know, some thirty-eight special, which is and interchangeable, and you can use in the, it. The I know it doesn't right? have the ump of the three fifty-seven, but I was up close, and uh, you know, I actually hit the hog in a spot where. Uh, I knew that he would I, he wouldn't go very far, and he didn't. I <laughs> and mean, he, he didn't. was if uh, actually it was filmed for our, a sportsman's life, you know. And Jeff was with me when uh, we were hunting together, and he got that on on film with that raging hunter. But yeah, 
you know, you're kind of the, I won't say kind of, you're the reason back years ago, you've heard this before, but back when uh, uh, I used to watch uh, watch you shooting the, the old single-shot pistols. The old contender, DTC contenders yes. and encores. So I, at that stage, I was at my uh, experimental stage on hunting. I'd already... You know, I'd have 30-30s forever, and, oh, yeah. uh, and then I'd branched out to uh, muzzle loaders, you know, and it's before I really did start bow hunting, and I bow hunted a long time, and I still occasionally bow hunt. You know, I like to shoot a bow. But anyway, I was using, uh, uh, I thought, I need one of these single-shot pistols with a scope <laughs> on it, you know. Larry, you he, he's doing pretty good. I got one in a 730 Waters. And uh, I killed I killed a hog with that. Uh, you've heard that story. It would take about four of these shows for me to tell the whole details, but it had something to do with a hog on a slick rock and a, and a pond with some alligators in it. And a pond with alligators. That was the, the uh, that's where that was my limit. But yeah, and then I'd never hunted with a revolver ever until the, this raging hunter. Lots of fun though. Anything like that that's new and. Yeah, you got to get pretty. I've, I've got to get pretty close with that. Um, well, to me, out. it that particular three fifty seven. To me, it's a fifty yard, maybe seventy five yard gun. And yeah. with the, the the quality of archery equipment we have today, you know, I've got guys I know, and you do too. You know, that regularly shoot at a hundred yards, and they have no qualms about taking that fifty to seventy yard shot. Yeah, right. And so basically, I kind of equate it to. Uh, to, when you're hunting with 357 magnum, such as in that Taurus Raging Hunter, about like like bow hunting. The only difference is is that, to me, the most fantastic aroma there ever was is freshly burnt gunpowder shot at an animal, and I can't get that with a bow, whereas I can get it with a handgun. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's it kind of bridges the gap in a sense. It, it does. does. It does. I've bow hunted a lot, and I usually don't. I, I used you know for several six or eight years. I you know guided elk hunt, elk and bear. Oh, hunt. Yeah. Yeah. up in northern Colorado with a buddy of mine. We outfitted up there for archery. And some of those guys, uh, it's one thing, not to get off on a tangent, but it's one thing to be able to hit a pie plate at 100 yards with an arrow consistently. It's another thing to kill an elk at a, at a range any farther than 35 or 40 yards. Yeah, I, We would have guys in camp that could just ding them in there at 100. But that the trajectory... Uh, we're talking about a twelve foot, twelve foot trajectory yes. sometimes on that arrow yes. to get down. Yes, <laughs> and if it's a hundred and ten yards, you're out of luck. You're out so, of luck. <laughs> so, you're out yeah, of luck. but it, it, not, the hunting with that revolver was much fun. I enjoyed it. I, yep. I'm really looking forward to it this year. We we may even try to branch off a little bit. We've got some opportunities, I think, to where we may be able to go do some of the free range exotic stuff. You know, a little bit farther west in the hill country, and and I think that might be a very appropriate thing to carry. We'll, yep. I've got a I've got them. Of course, you've got the 357, and I've got it in a 44 mag and a 454 Casul. And I had a, a gentleman over in in Fredericksburg, Texas, that uh, handgun hunter supply that. Uh, I had work on mine just a little bit on the trigger. It did, and it was not that it really needed any trigger work, but it was just it gave me an opportunity to spend some time around this gentleman, Ryan, uh, Ryan Hoover, and uh, to learn a little bit more about him and and his desire because he has brought back Handgun Hunters International, and you can go on the website or, or just Google Handgun Hunters International. And uh, he's come back with the old six gunner publication that J.D. Jones put together some years ago, and and uh, running a lot of the back copies right now. And there's some very special 
opportunities there too for those folks that are members of Handgun Hunters International. So, you know, go to the website if you any kind of inkling of being interested in in hunting with a handgun, whether it's the, the single shot, the revolver, or the bolt action, or even some of the semi-autos. Although to me, the semi-autos. That's a different category as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, if somebody really wants to shoot with a semi-auto and, and hunting and he's got a gun that's sufficiently powerful enough to do so, then by all means, you know, let's let's get people involved. We mentioned sportsman's life a little bit. Look, tell me a little bit more about some of the things we've got kind of got planned going into the, the future. Of course, it's available through CarbonTV.com. It is, Larry. Uh yeah, it, it's, it was an endeavor that we started off in, in uh, a passion of our buddy Jeff Rice as far as videography. Jeff just lives and breathes video. He does. Outdoor video. He, it, well, yeah, we need to qualify uh, that with outdoor video. video. Yeah, and, and he's he's really good. And we started doing a, uh, doing a show. I mean, he was doing them anyway. And, right. And uh, every time I'd hunt with him, well, I got, got the camera. And then... He actually supplied me with a camera that his dad, a video camera that his dad used to use, and I still use it. Uh, but we, we, we started with the premise, and we stayed with it, you know, of, of telling, telling it like it is. If you watch many of our shows, uh, A Sportsman's Life on Carbon TV. Right. It's on YouTube and other places, well, yeah. but it's there. That's the place to find it. Uh, you know, you'll see, well, we, we didn't get one, or we didn't... <laughs> We didn't catch a mess of fish. Usually we're, you know, I mean, we, 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 we get to hunt and fish places where it's good. So we usually are successful in getting a mess of fish or getting some venison or wild pork backstrap. But we try to tell it like it is. And, of course, with your years, Larry, of, of video and being in the, in the business, if you will, I mean, it's been a tremendous, you can imagine, a tremendous help. But it's just a lot of fun. We, if it's not fun at my stage of life, I'm out. We ain't gonna do it. Not, <laughs> we ain't gonna, gonna do it. Do nope, 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 I'm nope, out. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> but it's, it's such a such a fun uh, endeavor. We get to spend time uh, doing the things we love, and people get to maybe somebody that. You know, on the fence thinking, you know, these guys look like they are genuinely having a good time in the outdoors. I, you know, I, I think it shows. I've been involved in the, I almost hate to tell people how long it's been since the first outdoor television show I was involved in or that I did. But it goes back. If you want to go back, look to see what year I graduated from Texas A&M. That was the first year I had an opportunity to do a, a TV show. It was done with Larry Godfrey, who was the... Brian Daly Eagle uh, newspaper guy there for the outdoors, and, and uh, Larry put together a little outdoor show on the Texas A&M University uh, uh, network, if you will, or station, and, and I got to do some things with Larry back then, and I've been involved with it ever since then, but I'll have to tell you something. Working with you and, and Jeff on this show, all, the, all of it's been fun. It, it really has, but to me, I really enjoy this show more than I do any of the rest of them that I've ever done, that I've owned, that I've hosted, co-hosted, worked with, and it's because of just kind of what you said. It's real. It, it, what happens is, is what happens, and I love the fact that we're a weekly show. So that if yeah. if something's going on, if if uh, the white bass are running, 
you know, in a certain area of, of Texas, there's pretty good likelihood that you're going to see that within the next week, or if not the next week, the second week thereafter, while everything is still going on. So we do occasionally go back and pull things from, because I've got a lot of footage from, from years past that, that Jeff is going to incorporate in some of these things. But for the very, very most part, it is, it's happened last week, you're seeing it this week. And there are not many outdoors here, outdoor shows. You know, there's some news stories, I mean, news channels that can do that. But I really think we're the only ones who are doing that kind of thing when it comes to hunting, fishing, and, and conservation. And, you know, moving forward, we're talking about doing a little bit more on the conservation side, just providing people with information about land, about vegetation, about animals, and going to probably bring in several people like Corey Mason and Brandon Houston, who's a fellow biologist, and, and uh, Phil Phillips, who's with uh, the Hayden Outdoor Group and a longtime outfitter and, and very much involved over the years in terms of management is concerned. So that's kind of one of the things we're going to try to add a little bit. It'll be a minute to maybe a minute and a half. I mean, we're not going to mm-hmm. put a whole lot of information out there at any one time with it, but we'll yeah. present just enough to keep people interested in it, I think. I think that's a good idea. You know, little tips like uh, I know on your property, you know, planting uh, – seeds for uh even even trees plant pecans or whatever absolutely you know and little things like that that uh and fertilizing you know in, in the off season there's just so many things that that are not really expensive no no than no, a no, person no, that no, had no. 10 acres or ten thousand acres you know that that he could incorporate into his management plans and i've learned a lot dealing with you and and guys like brandon you know a biologist i mean that's that's what you guys studied. You know, you can learn a lot yeah, through osmosis. But it, it is a continuing <laughs> learning is. process as well, too, kind of yep. thing. And, you know, the, you, you know the basics. But, again, every property is a little bit different. And so the approach and what you use, you know, the vegetation that might work where we are right now here, not south, far south of the Dallas-Fort Worth area, something that works here may not work in Kansas, or it may not work in deep south Texas, or in Maryland, or, you know, right. any of the number of other places, Alaska. So, you know, occasionally we'll throw a little bit of tidbit type of information in some of these other areas as well, too. But uh, generally, we're going to try to do some very basic stuff. There's so many different things that you can do that, that will work no matter where. You just kind of change the technique of doing it a little bit. So I'm, I'm kind of excited about this. My background is a wildlife biologist and uh, all those kind of things. I've spent many years of setting up management programs, working with management programs that and then we'll we'll also we don't don't think we're not going to be hunting and fishing because we're going to be doing that and i know luke likes to cook and i like to eat so <laughs> yeah the, the, there's uh, always going to be some cooking and you know larry i've that is one thing that uh in my writing the newspaper columns i've written a, a column for 36 years oh weekly, my gracious weekly weekly you know oh my I tell them, i bet i've been writing a column they said well you haven't got it finished after 36 years <laughs> but it, it runs in in a bunch of texas mostly newspapers and and i have found and, and i do believe this to be true outdoor cooking it's really a simple thing it's nothing really it's not chef things that you have to know but it's a great interest to a lot of people they love everybody likes to eat but uh, something about cooking over wood like we did today, you know, we enjoyed some food that simple fare, but it cooked over wood. I don't know, just it's something about it. Maybe it's 
eating outside. I don't well, know. Well, you know, but, you know. you've got a perfect setup here <laughs> just behind your house, and you've got a cabin with a, two or three different places that you can cook on, and there's just something special about doing it that way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some of the, the same recipes that you use today on pork and chicken and sweet potatoes and starting out with basic pork and beans that you can buy, a can of Van Camps or whatever it is, yep. you know, that you can start with. There are little things you can do to really make that thing taste a whole lot it's better. It's amazing what some fresh garlic and some onion and a little bar, just a little barbecue sauce and maybe a little bacon grease mixed with in there. Oh, and some uh, some sweet Pickled jalapenos. That's, Sweet pickled jalapenos. I knew they were not. No, no, they're not. I have hot. got hooked on those. You can buy them. A guy told me about it, uh, Randy Douglas, uh, our friend up in right. Alapinto County. He gave me a recipe. He said, you need to get you some, what did he call them, candied jalapenos. Yeah, candied jalapenos. I had jalapeno. no idea what. I, you know, I've heard them spoken about, but I have not had any well, trap, until today. Trapleys, they're $3 a jar at Walmart. You yeah. can get them anywhere. But, yeah, I put those in there with those beans. That, yeah, it's just, just really tasty. Uh, one of the next time, one time when we were talking cooking, he had an hors d'oeuvre or an appetizer where he used slight wedges of onion, uh, cream cheese, and and uh, you can have you can grill you some bacon or, or you could whatever. You could use right. venison, wild pork pieces uh, wrapped with, uh, with bacon. Oh my gracious! I said, did I leave out anything? No, that's it. And you, oh, and your sweet peppers. And you got yeah, the, the 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 candied jalapenos. Candied jalapenos. Right. That's right. And uh, I am. I've got. I have the ingredients, and I'm gonna in in the next day or two. I'm gonna f- make that right out here at our little camp and uh, and film it. Uh, I think it it has to be absolutely awesome. Oh my gracious! I mean, I, you had me drooling as you were making. It's got to be that onion. But you you use that. You quarter an onion. He was telling me, and then you use those. Uh, they're called scales. Scales, what yeah, called. yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I, but I heard about it just the other day. Because scales. I, I was watching some cooking show. As I yeah. had a tendency to do when I watch yeah. TV. And they're they're a dish. You know, they're dished right. out. And then you put your cream cheese. I could see how that would be. Ooh, lordy, yeah, absolutely awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, let's talk fishing a little bit because yeah. as this is uh, the this is the afternoon that we'll talk. I'll talk about it a little bit later on. In in, but uh, you fish a bunch for stripers with Bill, <laughs> Bill Carey, Bill Carey, and the son Chris and Striper Express. Yes, uh, to Lake Texoma between Texas and Oklahoma. Yep. Uh, I remember when Bill started the Striper Express, he called me. At the time, I was doing a fishing tips column for a big newspaper. Right. At the time, one of the biggest in Texas. Yeah. Weekly, every Thursday. Uh, And Bill, I would give tips from Bill. You know, uh, Bill Carriott, Texoma says, you know. Right. and, And all that. So Bill called me one day, and he says, I said, what you doing, buddy? He says, well, I'm heading, I think, to Florida or Louisiana. One of the two. I forget where he went to pick up a big old boat called. You'll see it when you're up there. Oh yeah, the yes. Striper Express. Yes, and the I said, Striper Express. The Striper. Yeah. And I said, what are you going to do, Bill? He said, I'm going to. I'm started a guide service. This was 39 years ago, and and he was he was he'd call me from wherever. I don't know where he was at. He was en route, and uh, he said, I'm going to do a party boat on Lake Texoma. 
This thing is licensed. You know, those big boats are licensed to tonnage. Oh, yeah. He said, mine is Coast Guard approved or whatever. He said, I can put, I don't know how many people, 25 or more, I don't know, a bunch of people, like a party boat down on, right. the, on, the, on the Gulf. And he says, we, uh, we're going to start doing those trips. <laughs> and, and it was a novel idea. Nobody yes. had ever done it up there on the inland lakes like that. But it was an instant success. He had anchored that big old boat out there on a river ledge or something. And I think they mostly used live bait back then. Right. Now they use artificials all right. the time. Drop about 25 live shad down, and he, and he said those stripers would just, the shade of that boat, like a like yes. a reef out in the Gulf, you know, yes. floating vegetation. Right. They and I fished. I used to fish with him off that, and and you know everybody had their own catch, their their creel limit, right. and all that. So he but he did that for a long time, and then his son Chris, who's I will you have fished with Chris. Oh he, yes. He somewhere down in the lineage he has fish in his bloodline. <laughs> I think uh, he does too. Chris is I call him a boy. I've got a son the same age, mid forties. You uh-huh. know, Chris. <laughs> He's a, a very veteran guide now of many years. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, but they started, they said, well, we want to take the challenge of fishing to the to the, the clients, throwing the lure, using a slab, working the baits. And that's what they did. And now uh, I'm sure that Striper Express is the biggest guide service on yeah. Texoma. That definitely, the you know, there's a lot of good guides up there. Oh, I know sure a lot of good buddies yeah. that guide. But they're, for the long, they're, for the duration of time, and, you know, they have a bunch of boats going out every day, you know. so. Well, I'm really, I've, of course, we fished the topwater. What month of that that we did that, you remember? Yes, we did topwaters and, and tore them up, and then we did the... Uh, Later, after the topwater bite, it went on and on early morning this past summer yeah. for some reason. But I'll tell you, uh, Striper Express, I, ta- I actually recorded Bill this morning for my radio show. Right. The past few weeks, they have been catching 20-plus pounders. You know that. Yes. Up to, I think, around 25 pounds. Yes. And uh, it, it, I asked Bill, I said, uh, why now? Yeah, he said these fish had to be in here in the middle of the summer. We weren't catching them. Right. Something about that cold water, and, and they did. It turns those big ones on, and so hopefully, uh, hope you know that's like shooting a one sixty class deer. Oh you my know, gosh! Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, y'all will get a few. You know, well, I'd, I'd love. Well, they're thrills. You were going to go, and then all of a sudden you call back and said, "Oops." muzzleloader season's going on, and I've still got to put some food in the freezer. So, yeah. unfortunately, you're not going to be able to go with us. But I've got Brandon Houston, who I mentioned earlier, yeah. from, with yeah. Uh, yeah. who we're going to be using a little bit on some of the things we're doing, particularly yeah. from the biology side of things. And, yeah. and then Corey Mason, of course, Corey is— He'll the, have a good time. Oh, gosh. Corey is the executive director of both DSC and the DSC Foundation now. And yeah. So when I called Corey and I said, what are you doing the Tuesday after the convention? And he goes— if I'm not sleeping, what do you got in mind? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I said, hey, I've got us a trip booked with, uh, for, for Stripers and uh, with uh, Striper Express. And so we're going to head up there. But the interesting thing where I was going with all that is that uh, I've been getting photographs from Chris and Bill. And you mentioned those 20-plus 
fish, and he tells me they're they're doing really well on twenty pound plus like fish right now. And like the weather's right going to be perfect for you guys. I, I, I can't wait. <clears throat> I hope I hope you uh, hope. Uh, I, I I really regret I've never had a chance to Mr. Mason Corey to spend any time with him. I like him. I've I've met him. You know, right. A few times, but I, I regret not being able. But I had a commitment on a, a story. And, and plus, it is late season, this muzzleloader thing is going to be over with, I think, uh, the 16th or the 17th of this month. Yeah, so. we're right yeah. on the verge of, of the more or less regular deer season shutting down totally. I mean, normally we've got yep. the muzzleloader season that falls after the regular season. We'll have MLD permits available on some properties, you know, until the end of February. And uh, once I get finished with a couple different things, I still got to add a couple of does to the freezer this year. So I'm going to see if I can't convince one of my old time landowner friends to let me come in and shoot a couple of does. But uh, the fishing thing is it from it, it's going to be cool. It's going to be below freezing in the morning. We'll be solidly dressed, I'm sure. And and uh, but I understand from both Bill and Chris that. Said we got some big fish located different spots, and you know, said get ready, make sure you're in good shape. You hold on to that line and crank. The biggest of those I've ever caught a striper was probably about a twelve or thirteen pounder years ago in Lake Amistad. But yeah, so uh, I'm going to be spending a lot of time filming for Sportsman's Life and trying to get a lot of photography as well too for some of the articles and blogs and things that I do for different places as well too. But so I'm going to try to let Corey and, and and Brandon do a lot of the fishing, but uh, I'm going to get in there amongst them as make, well. Too. Make hay while the sun shines. Well, <laughs> the bottom line is, Larry, you'll for just for other things too, but for a sportsman's life, for our video, you'll have the striper fishing covered, and I'll be up there with Mister. Mr. Jeff Rice, hopefully, Jeff is not muzzleloader hunted. He's never done that. I think that is so cool, the fact that he, you know, he, he's, he's done he's done a lot of things with a bow. He shot a rifle. Yeah. He shot a pistol. He's hunting with spears. Yeah. You know, and when you yep. when you told me he had not taken a deer with a muzzleloader, I'm going, my gracious, he's, he's taken hogs and other things with spears, <laughs> but he's never taken a, a muzzleloader deer. Well, so. we're going to try to remedy that, and then we'll... Get some, get some late season uh, venison in the in the freezer too. That's the plan, Larry. Well, I, I think we're going to shut this thing off for the time being. Right now, I'm going to I'm out on Luke's place. I got to go back into Dallas, and I don't want to fight the traffic any more than what I have to. And and uh, I'll be in touch to let you know how we do on the on the fishing, and and I know you'll be in touch on the on the muzzleloader deer hunting as well too. And then uh, maybe we can share some of those successes right here once again. When we get a chance to get together around our campfire, and uh, really appreciate everybody being with us today. Good luck to you and Jeff on the, your muzzleloader hunt. And like I said, we'll tell you a little bit about what we caught when we get back from this fishing trip. Y'all join us right back here next week. Thank y'all for being with us. Thanks for joining us around the campfire. To leave a comment or suggestion for an upcoming episode, go to Instagram at Larry Wysoon Outdoors. Please join me right here next week for another DSC's Campfires. <laughs> DSC Campfires with Larry Wysoon has also been brought to you by the Texas Wildlife Association. Working for tomorrow's wildlife today. TRHP Outdoors. Kenetrek Boots for the trails less traveled. Voight, the finest in hunting gear. Pyramid Air for all things air gun. And Ripcord, rescue travel protection. <laughs>